0: I think it's really important to just see things, you know, be around other cultures than your own, listen, you know, be an active listener.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Official Laughs Podcast. My name is Estefania Lacayo, and along with Samantha Tams, we founded the Latin American Fashion Summit, a global platform for Latin American fashion and design. In our podcast sessions, we aim to bring you enriching and inspiring conversations with designers, entrepreneurs, leaders, activists, and newcomers, and share their powerful stories with you. Thank you for being here. We hope you enjoy the following conversation.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Laughs podcast. This is Maria here, the team's community manager. And as you all know, we've been interviewing and talking to female changemakers throughout the month. And in my case, I will be talking to the one and only Elena Parasco, who is a film director, creative director and photographer from New York, but living in Mexico. She has worked with world known brands such as Nike, The NWBA, Levi's, Converse, the New York Knicks, and Red Bull, to name a few of them, because the list could go on and on. Her powerful ability to analyze, study, and capture culture and human behavior is probably one of the main reasons why I find her work so inspiring and attractive. From documenting women in sport with her film featuring the National Women's Ice Hockey Team of Mexico to honoring her background through a photo series of Italian teenagers, her relentless pursuit to translate unheard voices through a camera lens always seems to stand out among such a crowded industry. So, Ele, bienvenida y gracias por ser parte de la podcast. Antes
0: que nada, gracias por invitarme. Es muy emocionada. Thanks for having me, Maria. I'm
2: excited. Me Let's too. Let's do this. So I wanted to start off, first of all, well, congratulating you, of course, because your work is so beautiful. And I I genuinely love um, from your passion projects to your commercial projects. I, I'm obsessed and I, I find it really interesting how you feature diversity. You do it with very, very strong style. And I wanted to begin with asking you from all the different creative hats you often wear, uh, being director, photographer, creative director, do you have a similar process you begin when starting a project? Where do you begin? Well,
0: I mean, listen, the creative process is a really good question. And obviously it pertains to you know, what hat you're wearing with which project you're working on. But I definitely do think that there's a little bit of an overarching point of view that I could discuss. I mean, because, you know, I, I definitely do like creative directions, photography, film direction. And even within those, those roles, there's a lot of hats to be worn. But I think that with every project, it kind of, like, there's this quote that's like, all good ideas start out as bad ideas. That's why it takes so long. And I think that when I begin any kind of creative process or delving into a project. I definitely keep that in mind. Like it's definitely true. And there's that kind of ubiquitous saying like cast wide. And I'm kind of like always considering, you know, ideate wide and give me all the bad ideas. Give me all your initial ideas. You know, for me, it's like writing down those first knee jerk ideas and reactions and responses and, and, and those kinds of ideas you're unpacking that you stored so long ago, maybe in like relation to the brand or maybe in, um, just a point of view that you've been looking to consider within this kind of project that you're working on. And I think it's like, you know, you, you kind of idea wide, you have all these ideas, the good, the bad, the ugly, et cetera. And then I always love to kind of go back to those initial, uh, like original ideas and those, those initial reactive ideas, and then come back to them and, and ask questions and push them and, and really break them down. Like, Why did that come so quickly? Was it because of a personal feeling um, to you know this campaign or this product, this brand or this story? Is it derivative? Have I seen it before? Is that why it came up so quickly? And if it is derivative, meaning like, have you seen it before? Has it already been done like that? Can you push it? Like maybe don't just get rid of it, you know, investigate that and break that down. And then, yeah, as, you, as the creative process continues, it's definitely like, you know, what is the, I'll just talk about maybe like branded projects, um, you know, working alongside like a commercial brand or campaign or something like that. Like, what is the brand doing that you love? What is the brand doing that you feel like is really lacking or missing, kind of missing the note? And, you know, what do you want to see more of? What do you feel like you can also, What what's additive to the picture at large that you can be really pitching here? Um, I definitely always love to like bring in a little bit of strategy in that creative process. But, you know, also if, on another note, I feel like, you know, maybe just me, Maria, but like creatives, I feel like we're all archivists. Like mm-hmm. I have this <laughs> ridiculous brain of folders. Like if you went into my into my mind, like someone would be like, damn, you have a lot of folders, girl. Like there are folders, folder, stacks and stacks, maybe a few loose files, you know, we're working on it. And, you know, whether it's like, a sound that I heard while walking around in Belgrade, you know, when I had like an edit there three years ago that I recorded on my voice note or whether it's, you know, like the other day I was walking through Centro and there was this amazing wall, like the side of a building. And it was all this really glassy, interesting, like green material. And I, you know, took a video of it, the light hitting it all. I'm like done, like set design for sure at some point. And it's like, I think that in that creative process also, it's like whether you're sitting down and thinking or it's like an everyday additive process, it's kind of like constantly igniting your sensibility and your perceptive skills. And I do feel like they're always on, which can be exhausting. So you got to find a balance. But I think that in your creative process, it's definitely about Yeah. Just like seeing everything, listening to everything. Like even when I go on, I was on a scout recently around Mexico city and I was just sitting with this group of people and we're talking and, and I'm just watching their mannerisms. And this is by the way, nothing mind blowing. Okay. But, but you know, this is just an example of like that archivist kind of always watching high sensibility open, you know, and I'm just like watching like how they frown their brow when they're really excited about something or they're pensive or you know their nervous ticks and like that you don't even realize it but you're storing that and whether I'm bringing that into a script later or you know bringing that as a reference point later for something, I think it's really important to just see things you know be around other cultures than your own listen you know be an active listener and and you know take risks um don't be so content it'll really open up. A lot of avenues in your creative process as well, and but you know at the end of the yeah. day, process is like it's a process, you know. So it's like exactly. you're gonna have, you're gonna have really great ideas initially, and then once you start diving into them, you're like, this is messy. It's this, this is all getting messy, and, and it, and that's okay. And then you know, there's actually this um. You and I were talking about this earlier. There's this amazing, kind of made it a meme. I feel like I post it often. It's by the psychologist, Adam Grant. And he- Oh my broke God, it. I'm obsessed with him. He's so great. He's really talented. He's and yeah, and there's this, he breaks it down. And for people, since this isn't a visual video, he breaks down the creative process as so. So it goes like one to six. And it's like, this is awesome. This is tricky. This is shit. I am shit. This might be okay. <laughs> this is awesome. And it's like, the process is so similar to that. And I, I feel like I even post that on like IGS a lot And it's because I I feel like sometimes I live at three and four, like this is shit. I am shit. And if you remind yourself though, that it's a process and to enjoy it, that's something that I feel like I also learned later in life that the throes of the process are going to happen and try to enjoy it. Like you, you put yourself here, you're not doing it to yourself here. And, and also like when you relax a little bit and, and, and let the process be a process, it also really opens up parts of your brain that you know once relaxed like really allow to push an idea forward and and yeah it's just I mean that's how I would say like you know and ultimately just a lot of it comes from writing from
2: experience and
0: and writing from a perspective that you've developed but yeah
2: a hundred percent I think everyone like everyone gets their own creative process you have to experiment it first and just start getting like getting to know how you work exactly I mean like I mean, I'm talking, and your ideas can come from anything. Like there
0: was, I, and this remains between us, you know, don't tell anyone this, but I sometimes love to delve into like Flickr. And I love this like (laughs) amateur photography of like this, you know, like your funny uncle making an album. And like, I remember I was researching for something. I think it was like a tech brand. And I, I saw this photo in Flickr that was like ridiculous. And I remember, I actually thought it was something else and it gave me, like, it was like a fort that this kid made, but I thought that, you know, he had this like iPad in front of it, like labeled the fort with this, like with, you know, labeled the fort with like an iPad, whatever the title. And I thought it said that, but it is like the picture was of that, but it wasn't. And anyway, it it knocked off an idea for me. And, and I really loved like incorporating these little tiny elements in the script. And it's like, yeah, again to that, you never know what you're going to find. And I definitely have like a lot of weird techniques. It's not always the same, you know, cause not every project's the same, but I think for definitely more of like scripts or briefs or creative projects in general, it's definitely like just being really open and also get off Instagram. I can't, I cannot stress that enough. Like I think image saturation has obviously been, been changing and evolving so much over the last decade plus. And you're seeing so much work that's just you know a friend says like it's so copy and paste culture and it really is and it's like fast creative and it's like guys get offline in terms of social media stop looking what other people are doing investigate your style work on that evolve it question it and just yeah start to sculpt that style that becomes really identifiable to others but it's yours because you know if you do if you, know, if you do that, like no one else will be able to replace you because that's something you have and no one can take from you. And that's a style that's going to be changing and growing. But that's really an important element, I think, in that process at large.
2: Yeah, I think that once you, and it's something I, I really see in your work, but when you are able to observe and analyze and just go in and watch things like your surroundings and just leaving your phone, you have so many different perspectives and that can even help you on on telling even like stronger stories or or better stories because you get to perceive things in a different way. Yeah, definitely. And like I think that a lot of different,
0: you know, um experience, perceptive views, and times listening to people and and ingesting it and sitting with it and having conversations. Yeah, it's all it's definitely part of like the growth. I think the growth of you personally has a lot to do with you know how it floods into your work as well. It goes really hand in hand, and that's like with any artist, you know, any any creative at large for sure, and other jobs as well. But you know, we're strictly we're strictly talking creative right now. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, hundred yeah.
1: percent.
2: And talking like about observing and different cultures, I want to jump into that on the ability you have on highlighting different cultures. You you've worked all over the world basically, and 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 you tell some part, stories. Some not not everywhere, not not everywhere. Not everywhere. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> someday. I want to ask you more of, of a an advice question because you you project stories that aren't sometimes your own and, and you do such a good job on it. And and I'd like to ask what advice you have, uh, you give to people that want to approach and start telling stories that aren't their own? What's your yeah. take on it and, and how? Yeah. What can you share? To yeah.
0: I mean, that? like, listen, you can't cut that inspired, th- that inspired thread within you. You know, you see a story, you meet people, you hear of something. And I'm, I guess I'm thinking strictly from like a documentary perspective, but if that, if, if that, you know, flame is ignited within you, I wouldn't say to just curb it, but I, I would say that there's a lot of responsibility in capturing cultures that are not of your own. And like, I, do, I really do want to say that, especially in, in a commercial field specifically, I do have to say that pertaining to this kind of question, first and foremost, creatives of any kind, copywriters, photographers, creative directors, art directors, you know, even the CMO, I mean... Of, of, you know, for instance, the BiPoC community, they need to be in the room and in the driver's seat of the creatives and narratives about their own culture. Because not only who knows the culture better than them, I think it's also really important to be like also positioned up higher in these companies that are potentially culturally drafting. So, first and foremost, that's really important. But, you know, asking yourself throughout this process, like, what are your cards that you have to play? Like, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, like, I guess, like, re approach your question as if it's kind of like an actual example. It's like, you know, with visual messaging systems, narratives, you know, that are being portrayed or formed, you know, I think that you really have to understand that this all comes responsibility, whether it's from the creative room or all the way trickle down to a film director being hired to carry out a campaign. And I do think that again with like personal projects um like mine, like my own, which it's whether it's photography or you know small docs on these sport teams and countries outside the USA, a lot of responsibility comes into play. And that could be like hiring crews of that culture or, you know, having a diverse crew list for sure, giving back in some way to the culture that you're capturing and whether that's creating a platform, you know, for their message, whether that's fundraising, which I often latch my projects onto, um, or just seeing what they need most, you know, is it fundraising? Is it awareness? Is it just creating this voice or, or, you know, kind of cleaning a slate and starting a new narrative around, you know, this group, this, these women, um, this team or whatever. Yeah. It's like it's, it's a lot about responsibility. That would be like number one. It's a lot about active listening and it's at least for some doc work or some like really passionate sport work or photography. It's like, you know, create and have fun and, you know, do that sometimes with a little bit less of a heavy hand creatively and allow that culture to really shine and not, and be wary of like funneling it through such maybe like a Western gaze or whatever. And those are really important pillars to be considering in that like creative ideation process of a project, you know, in capturing different cultures and, and also in, and visiting back like to the more the commercial end or, or branded projects. It's like, what cards do you have to play in terms of potentially capturing a culture, not of your own? Um, can you pass on the project? Do you have someone that you feel like would be better suited, which, you know, we've done and you need to continue to do. And, and also like, you know, what cards do you have to play in general? Like, can you push the client? Can you say something about the creative room being all X, Y, Z? Um, you know, can you obviously have an influence in the crews you hire being like across the board diverse, whether that's by POC or women or LGBTQI, the post teams, like what can you bring in here to really inform a greater perspectives on the people that are going to be touching the narrative? And And, you know, I do love to have like kind of a giving back element in a lot of the projects I do, whether it's just like a screening afterwards or, you know, cards that raise money for the Mexican ice hockey team that was essentially defunded for zero reason and you know or is it awareness hmm. um I definitely and 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 when you stick with them and you and you chat especially again more for like maybe documentary filmmakers where you have that space to you know and you can give back because you have a lot of I want to keep saying card supply, but cards supply. it's like you definitely have yeah
2: but you do have some type of responsibility you know exactly and things you could bring to the table that
0: otherwise might not like they might not have had access to, which is really beautiful. Like for me, the creative team that I knew wanted to work on, you know, designing and creating these trading cards that, you know, were in their language in Spanish with slang coming from them, you know, hiring Mexicans to work on the translation for the English cards that we, we disseminated out in USA. And then, you know, for the Spanish cards and, and, you know, like, um, I knew that I had a creative team that would want to work on this and be a part of it. I knew that people wanted to invest in their story and raise money for them if I push it and if I worked on it. So it's like, you know, what, what do you have to play? What do you got? You know, use it. And I do feel like bringing those elements into the projects besides just telling the story that you want to tell and being conscious and responsible is a really nice element and important element rather than nice to, to consider. And not everyone's perfect and the conversations need to continue, but you know, let's, let's, let's jump into them. And, and also like, you know, in terms of capturing stories that are just different, you know, cause we're not, we don't want to capture stories that are all the same or one note. It's like, there's this amazing Iñárritu quote that's like, good directors don't answer questions with their work. They generate debate and create discussion. Oh and, my God. I love that. I know. I mean, he's a, he's a genius. And it's like, I do feel that a lot of my work, I don't really want to have a period at the end. You know, I definitely want to have create conversations. And whether that was like for the WNBA anthem film last year or, you know, documentary work on gender fluid basketball, but whatever it is, it's like, I want to kind of create these conversations, shift perceptions. And also along the way, like I get to create, you know, so that's awesome. Like I'm having fun creating and that's a really important and you know, great factor as well. But you know, what I did find in sitting in the locker rooms um, with amazing female Mexican athletes or, you know, being in the locker rooms with Olympians that come from different countries and different sports or what have you for anything that I've worked on is like a really beautiful synergy can occur, you know, in 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 kind of putting different people in a room, whether that's, you know, everyone of the same culture, everyone, or it's kind of bringing in socially responsible or different people into a room, different kinds of athletes, different kinds of creatives. I The synergy occurs that is so beautiful and otherwise potentially would not never have happened and and yeah and so I do think that there's positives that occur once you you know really use your cards push clients um your own crews potentially give back or just you know have discourses of such you know once you start creating and what I found is like you know yeah just like this synergy and this different voice develops in its own and it becomes all of yours and it's it's just a beautiful thing and
2: yeah and something that you said I, I really like that that having the ability after projecting a, a story or or your work and creating discussion about it and noise I think that's the magical part of it yeah like, for sure and it's like
0: yeah I'm speaking of personal experience I mean a lot of different creatives do a lot of different things but I do think like elements that we discuss could all be considered and we're all just you know trying to get better pushing people around us pushing ourselves i mean, you know that's all we could do here. Like we got, and we got it. We have to put, you know, that pressure on and, but yeah, Yeah. anyway, but overall, I mean, let's create, let's have that discourse. And also like you realize along the way, is like, we have so much more in common than not in common. And that's been a beautiful takeaway. I've also realized that Yeah. It's just been powerful. It's been, I've been lucky. And yeah, that takeaway has been something I'll never
2: forget for sure. And Dele, you work, you tell a lot of sports stories and and it's something we, we see pretty obvious in your work with, like you've worked with WNBA to Converse to like you do a lot. of, And and that's something I find really interesting. What got you into the, into this and from the sport content world, what keeps on motivating you or influencing you on continuously making more work about this subject? Because it's something I don't see much in like young female directors. And I think that's very interesting yeah. from your...
0: That's a good, that's a really great question. We're not throwing any softballs today, Maria. Yeah, no, it's a great <laughs> question. And and I definitely found that question, uh, yeah, pushed over to me a lot. I mean, I think that here's the, the interesting thing in like sport play culture for me is like, and there's a lot of personal reasons why I got into it, but I kind of want to just can't not talk about this, like, theoretical societal functionality of it, where it's like play and sport definitely reflects social manifestations. Like, it's an engine mm-hmm. of culture and a reflection of culture. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, whatever, Nike culture, Adidas, et cetera, Olympic culture. I mean... It's an engine, you know, like it is the culture itself, and yet it's a reflection of culture. And you know, these societal constructs kind of make its way into sport, whether it's like on the court, off the court, on the field, off the field, um, etc. It's it, like really delicately, yet it also reflects inherently like an unbinding of it, like a freeing of itself from it. And I think that. What's so interesting is that along the way, you know, with sport and capturing sport, developing these scripts or capturing and framing athletes in a different way, or, you know, really platforming and and championing the activism they do or what they represent at large. I think that overall, like team camaraderie, internal struggle, struggle, like shattering expectations, you know, playing sport, it's languageless. And that for me was really interesting. Like, it's universal. And I think that there's like that global connective structure to it and language less moment and, you know, qualities tied to it. And I think that, like, there's this, there was this photo I, I put up of during these games that um, Stefan from Pigal through this, like, one day tournament in Mexico City, he like redid the Olympic courts down in Coyacan, kind of near there. And nice. Of course, are awesome. They're like really they're made with like recycled rubber. They're oh they're, they're it's a beautiful thing for your knees. And anyway, he did like a full-day tournament. There's like a photo I I took of my friend Natalie, and you know, she's Mexican, amazing basketball player, super talented. And this other player who came with him from France for the for the day of like games and there was this like photo of them kind of like passing by and doing kind of like one of those high fives like high five Hi, hugs so cool. high fives. and and during you know in the, in the beginning moments of, of covid i was really missing shooting sport and also just working and and being with you know just like the community and i posted this photo and kind of just being like you know what i love about this is that you know he speaks french she speaks spanish they float up and down the court and they never miss a beat like sport is languageless sport is universal and i can't wait to get back you know whatever something like that and like honestly to answer your question about my draw to it that photo really just like initially came to mind like that moment and how languageless it is and how you can be from so many different walks of life and also like even from when i've stepped on the court in different countries and played pickup games with like random dudes and whatever. It's just like, it's amazing. Like you in- immediately connect, whether you speak the language or not, you can play. And that's also really gorgeous as well. But I think overall, you know, besides, you know, that kind of like reflective qualities and, and yeah, again, more like this kind of not theoretical, but this more like philosophical nature of sport that I think is really interesting. I definitely, when I got into it, you know, you, you, you wonder why you get into something you've been dedicating years to it and really investigating it. And it's like, when I was younger, I think sport really as was for a lot of people represented a sense of community and family that, you know, there's a sense of family on, on the field and with your team that is unlike anything else. And it gives so much to you. And whether you have any kind of lacking in your life, I felt like it, when I was younger, it created the structure for me. And I was able to just be me and like rip. I feel like I'm a natural hype woman, natural kind of leader. And and it allowed these qualities to really sing instead of have to be like kind of on the back
2: burner. And something that like that family part for me is super strong and it's super interesting because it's not only to the people that play it, but it's also to the people who watch it who enjoy it? Like it also brings commu- a sense of community and family to the people that follow sport, which in my opinion is something very beautiful. I mean,
0: no, totally. Because- but I'm also like thinking. Sorry to cut you off. Keep going. No, 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 not at all. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm also thinking that you know, I I feel like so much of my work actually brings this camaraderie with people that don't even aren't even interested in sport. And that's also why I think it's so interesting. And cause it touches on all of these different points. I mean, like here, there's this amazing, I was actually rereading this book that I always read, <clears throat> which is a study of the play on Lin culture by Johan Hazinga, this amazing like s- sociologist mm-hmm. from the forties. And he, and like deep into this book that he wrote is kind of more like a dissertation on play culture. There's this quote that I read last night I'm in this line and I was like, fuck, this nails it. And it says, to dare to take risks, to bear uncertainty, to endure tension. These are the essence of the play spirit. Tension adds the importance of the game. And as it increases, enables a player to forget that he is only playing. And it's like, Oh my god that's deep. deep. No, deep. 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 It's amazing. And it's amazing. And but like that even relates to the creative like the risks and the tension and and uncertainty like so much of sport like it has a lot of elements that is just like a ripe a ripe playing field to jump off of whether it's like um you know societal constructs that we really need to talk about whether it's activism whether it's about the feet like the, the female or, um, you know, female identifying, whether it's about, um, you know, relationships to gender against culture. I mean, there's like soci- political landscapes that definitely come into play and that you can kind of backboard off of while also investigating and shooting sport. And that's why I think it's just, you know, there's endless opportunity. And as I've been shooting athletes and pro athletes and, you know, different kinds of sports throughout the years, I just feel like there's endless stories and, I definitely want to eventually, you know, like create a, create a, a, a coming of age sport film. Like that's definitely something that's on the docket for my future. Maybe not right this second, but I think that, you know, motivating my influence through it all is definitely that there's still so many stories to tell and they, they, they're so reflective of so many elements. And that's what I really love because it, it, it brings together a community of people that could be watching or, or, investing in the story or, you know, enjoying this film or finding inspiration from it from so many different walks of life in so many different parts of the world. So that coming back to the beginning of, you know, my answer to this question, I think just like that universal universality,
2: if that's a word. And, and it's very visible. And I think that's very beautiful because it, it gives the ability for the story to speak for itself. So that's right. very interesting. For sure. Yeah. Well, This is kind of a like different question, but it's, you mix like, for example, working in a creative industry and working also in the sports industry at the end of the day, it's an interesting mix, but what is your favorite part of working in the creative industry? Yeah.
0: Industry is a large industry. I can't really speak for so many elements. I feel like I definitely am still getting started, if you will, Maria. Like, I feel like, a lot of people can also look at their work and be like, we haven't even begun yet. So I definitely feel like this was all just like the preamble, you know? Um, But I think that what I, why I continue and why I love it, well, A, you just, it's it's within you. So you got to do it. You know, you want to create from a young age. You know, you have ideas that you want to, you know, throw on the table and get cooking with. But I think that my favorite part is Playing with different elements of visual messaging systems. And when I when I say that, I mean like if you take a film, for instance, right? You take like, say you're making like a 60-second piece. You have sound, you can use mixed media, you have voice, you have um environmental sound design elements that you can work with in thread. You have a score like renthemic I mean, you have the kinds of portraitures you wanna you wanna be capturing. There's so many elements that you have. And I love kind of like, like, as if you're like at a workshop, it's like, what tools are we using today? And I think that it's really interesting to, like, for me, just like breaking all of those elements down and like reinvestigating their use. Like, I definitely don't come from more of this typical film school background, more from, you know, cognitive science and neurosinematics and investigating, you know, all of these elements at play and, and you know, bringing in that like archivist nature. And so, it also allows me to see the tools a little bit differently. And I think that that's a big part for me and like treating sound like a character itself and really setting apart your work in its sound design. That's definitely something that I've worked on since, you know, since I began and something I'll continue to work on. And and I find so much joy in, yeah, these like different elements that can build a message. And whether for me, it's like, I, I would love for someone to watch my films or a piece or a project, whatever that if the sound was off and if the visuals were off and like vice versa, you would get the same message. And I do feel like a lot of this work that we're seeing, which, you know, I'm just like, damn, can we create more challenging work guys? And again, sometimes it's just like up to budget timing, not being able to be a part of every step of the creative process. But, you know, it's like sometimes you can turn off the sound of something that you're seeing and you're like, oh, that's cool. And then you turn off the visuals and it's like, what? And I really love- Yeah, I love that. nature throughout and it takes more work. It takes more investment. And sometimes I do some director's cuts, but you know, it's like, for me, I would say that that's my favorite part of working in the creative industry is like understanding all the elements we have to play and whether that's even just like for campaigns and like different, different media, even doing the trading cards, which I don't want to harp on because it was like, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it took a while, those trading cards, trading here for mine, that project, but it was like, bringing back trading cards. And it was like, I really okay. had to convince people, like, this is going to be a thing. And it was cool because so many agencies came out with trading cards after that. I was like, guys, like, come on. Funny. You like, said
2: it, the trend.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, what have you, right? But if, if trading cards were their own trend for sure. I'm just, you know, someone that wanted to rewrite the script a little bit on how women were portrayed in trading cards, like in their own voice. But I loved, what I loved doing was I actually shot like this tiny little trailer so the film element was actually to point
2: to the printed element. Oh my God. I love that. When I saw that trailer, I was like, yes, it was so good. And it. it's so cool because I love how, what you said, how, how each element speaks for itself, but then when you get it together, it tells something like compels the entire story. But I think that that's really powerful. Like having the exercise and the time to analyze and observe each single element and it's something I really see in your work for example how you mix the audio like and it's something we talked about for example your um, Red Bull the video you did with Red Bull I I genuinely love that for example how um, I don't remember who it was but how you start document this story and it's visually so powerful but then the voice of the person you're interviewing like comes in and then there's music and then how you can literally close your eyes and just visualize the whole story without even watching it is amazing. Yeah. I it's think that's pretty like, pretty, you know,
0: it's kind of like bringing them into like a bath of your, of, you know, the, the world that we want to dip them into, you know, we really want to just like dip them and live there now, you know, but I mean, and thank you, but you know, yeah. So anyway, I definitely think these elements are all fun. And, and that's also the, in touching on that, I, that's why I think it's so important to do your own passion projects. Like a lot of my projects, are not like, you know, especially the more passion project-geared projects. Some are a little bit lengthy and some are just like, you know, pretty, not simple, but, you know, like, like doable. And I just feel like here is where you can really remind yourself what you love to do because you don't have someone telling you we got to get rid of that shot you know this sound isn't working for us like every time you start to create you don't have anyone that's coming in with those notes that you really often have to adapt you can just flow and that's good for your soul your inner creative and it also gives you a chance to create something truly different because it wasn't funneled through you know these this conduit of, of, you know, client notes and having it be made for that commercial world, like you can really create something different. And we need that. We need different work. And if you have the time to, you know, invest in yourself, do it, you know, it'll, it'll get yeah. it back to you. It'll be tiring. It'll be hard. You'll be balancing other things,
2: but it'll give back so much. So anyway, it's, yeah. it's worth it. <laughs> It's um, I, <laughs> oh God, it's And it. I, I want to jump on now on, on talking a little bit about social media. Um, at the end of the day, it's something I want to, well, it's my job, no? So I want to highlight something yeah, yeah, related yeah. to that. And you, through your social media platforms, you've created a beautiful community. And I want to ask you, how do you use social media to create a community that cares or urges them to invest time in listening or engaging with the stories that you are telling? So, I mean, whether you want to call it a community, some people love to
0: call platforms, like specifically, I'll just talk about Instagram, like as an audience. I mean, I think that you can utilize an audience that you have to invest in the stories you're working on and, you know, in the stories you want to push forward for sure. And I would just say like, I'm definitely an intentional person. Like I do things with intention. It's not so flippant. And I feel like, you know, I really don't look to create work in this like perfunctory sense. And I think that, that definitely leaks over to the use of social media and how I approach it. And with that said, like, you know, don't take yourself too seriously, but I do think that, you know, you have to remind yourself like visual perception is definitely an elaborate mental process. And whether we're talking like Rothko here and form of color and psychological ways, you know, there's, it sounds really, nerdy but we're just going to go into real quick it's like there's literal neurons that back up the impact of seeing something that's like familiar or novel in the brain obviously like whether it's like medial temporal lobe (laughs) posterior cortex i mean there are neurons that are firing due to familiarity like oh i've seen that before and then it acts differently and like that confidence that oh we have seen that and that in turn, creates engagement. And like, without like overthinking things, this is also just like basics, right? I mean, when I'm working on a project and, and say it's a passion project, like I love to put up actually commercial as well. Like I would love to put up, and if that's possible with client, like depending on the project you're working on, like not only to seed things that, you know, seed content and pairing them with captions that kind of can capture a little bit how do I say this? Like I'm the kind of
2: background like, before the uh, of the image. Well, yeah, like whether it's
0: whether it's kind of something that is that can build um, a greater perspective that you're leading up to, like fortifying the thesis on, or for an example, like putting up a photo of an athlete for a project for a documentary that you're later working on, putting up a still or like a photograph you took or BTS. And then putting an entire bio about them, but like kind of through your own words and kind of like the language of the project and why it's important in in your view. And, you know, and so then, boom, you have this image up, they start to learn about it. And then when they see it later and you start to, you know, I like to call it like the tease up. It's like you're teasing, but you're also building up to something. And then as you kind of maybe go through the project and you start to be putting out this content that's kind of, you know, teasing up, then they start to realize, oh my God, I saw that girl. I know her. She's from San Luis Potosi, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And like that familiarity neurons are firing. Like they remember it. You are engaged. And so I do feel like, you know, I like to be intentional with social media and also not take yourself that seriously. Like, let's be real. But I also think that you really can create this audience community, however you'd like to call it, where I mean, I like to think it's an audience because they definitely like to engage more so, where, you know, whether it's putting up, you know, composers that I love and kind of having a discourse about it or books that we're all reading, you know, I definitely think having a discourse is important and like taking down those barriers of having an audience. But I think that you can use social media for sure, because like even in putting up a film I made years ago called Down and Goes B-Ball, like I didn't create the team. I just played on it, and made this short video that I like, like was always calling a home video because I just wanted to capture the essence of the, this moment, this summer with the team. And mm-hmm. then from what happened from that was like messages on messages on messages from all of these teams popping up all over the world. And without the video, they didn't know the team existed. So like the video kind of not only affirmed, their existence, but yeah, yeah, like inspired all of these girls that you know were maybe non-binary specifically, like you know, to start these teams where they felt at home and safe and they could be them and whether they were good at basketball or not good didn't matter. And it was really this like emotional feeling that they started to kind of create their own communities throughout all and spurring up everywhere. And I would just get all these messages. And again, like I didn't start the team, but like what social media and pushing out your work and, you know, having your, you know, your, your the heart of why you made this piece also attached to it and not just kind of sending something out there and going, this is my new project, which is cool too. And you could do, but there's also so much power. And when you really speak from the heart and, and, or really highlight some important, unknown, interesting, exciting, or like, you know, just like, yeah, just like really authentic, Um, you know, reasons for doing it or what, why you loved it. Like, it could really catch like wide wildfire sometimes, and and it can create a lot of good. And so, I think that, you know, in like per your question, I think you can leverage, use, and see social media in a lot of different avenues and ways. And those are some of the ways I like to use it for sure. And and what I do love is like, I feel like, genuinely started a community that's like so many different walks of life and and so many different types of creatives, and also you know, sports fans or not, you know, it's more just like people really engaged and interested, which is
1: nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. And and talking about community, I, I know you asked your Instagram audience um, a question. So I don't know if you want to yes, answer yes, it. Yes, we did. Yeah,
0: I put up a question um, a few days ago saying, hey guys, we're recording a podcast this week. Is there, you know, is there a question you guys want to ask? We'll choose one and answer on the podcast. And I really liked this question. I haven't even really thought about it too much so we're just
2: dive into it um do you have the question I send it to you right yeah I do so the the question is what what advice do you have for wanting to pitch work for a new client yes yes that was it okay new clients okay so I do
0: think that this is this is a really good question because I feel like a lot of people access even like you know the the younger amazing creatives that I mentor which by the way very much believe in the mentor process. I have one, definitely urge you to get one. It might take a while too, to find the right one. But, you know, in the creatives that I mentor, they often would ask this as well. And there's a few different kind of ways I would hit it. But first I would just talk about this. Like, okay, so you want to pitch a new client. So clearly you want to, either you want to bolster, you know, either you want to be bolstering your client list and creating more work, or you really want to work with this client or this brand or whatever. So, I mean, like my first my first piece of advice would say, look at your portfolio. What, what piece of your work would already speaks to a little bit of like the brand values or the kind of product or the market that it's, you know, this this brand or company speaks to that they could look at your work and go, okay, you know, you're pretty on brand. We get it. We're going to engage in conversation. And if you don't have work, create some spec work, like go out, shoot something, make it really fun, have fun with it, high creative, and have that in your email once you get a contact for this client. So Mm -hmm. in, and also in approaching like the initial reach out of this client, like, who do you know that works in even that industry? Is it a tech industry? Start hitting up everyone, get connected. Like literally just, just go all out. Don't even worry about if you seem pushy or whatever, take people out to coffees, take people out to light lunches, whatever you got to do here, like get the contact, be persistent. Once you do I would definitely try and jump on a call and be like, you know, I'd love to discuss XYZ and, and see what you really have to bring to the table too. like, what is this brand lacking that you only you could answer I want you to look at your work, make sure you have work that they could see you'd be like a great collaborator with them. And also I want you to blow them away a little bit like why do you want to work with them? What would you do differently? What would you bring? And whether that's a creative team you often work with that they just don't have access to, that's, that's an asset. Whether it's you've investigated their brand like in-depthly and you really feel like they could be moving in this direction and hitting this market, or you just have a really, really great, pure, creative idea. Like, you know, like I want you to Come out guns blazing with exactly, you know, why you would be great to work with them. And I want you to analyze yourself and your work. So it's like, you know, say you have your initial meeting and you send them this idea, right? Because that's what that's what we're here for. Like, give me ideas. I would urge you also to be careful. Like, I want you to come up. Yeah, that was something I
2: wanted to ask.
0: Yeah, I would. I want you to come up with an idea that is ace, okay? And whether it's a, a throng of ideas, like three say it's like three videos or three, you know, ideas for creative directions or, or direction, or maybe it's like activations or experiential, what what have you. But I also want you to be careful where like my friend was working on a deck recently to send to the sports brand and for some initiatives. And, and I was helping her with it and giving her advice and we're just all working together. And, and she sent me the idea and it was ace and awesome and fire. And then I was like, all right, now take out all those pages, and she's like, "Why? I'm like, uh-huh. I don't want them to be able to execute this without you. So you give just enough, where then they are unable to actually finish the thought, but the but like the idea is there, the essence of the the idea is there, and it is fire. And I also want you." To send kind of like an NDA, if you will, along with your idea. So if you do want to send especially something that's a little bit more robust of an idea to this new client, as this pitching, you know, these conversations are ensuing, I want you to be able to protect that idea. It, it I want it to be unusable. Not everybody respects them, but I've learned this the hard way. Where like too many ideas that I've sent to new clients or existing clients um, have ended up as campaigns, huge campaigns. And that was a lot of work and And it's really sad and it's sometimes they don't even, half of them don't even know they're doing it. They just remember seeing something last year that someone pitched on a big screen in a meeting or they found it in their inbox or downloads folder. Like it's not okay. And I want you to also protect the work that you did. And you know, that also comes with feeling out the mutual trust for you and this new contact and this new client. And with all that said, they might ask you to be like, you know, they might ask you to execute it for a very low budget or maybe no budget. And I've done that. And I will say sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't like with Nike. That's essentially what started our relationship. And I was like, I feel like you can be really hitting the demographic that's blah, blah, blah. And this was years ago. This is before like sports content was as, you know, omnipresent and they were kind of, didn't really know what I meant. And this was definitely like me really working on the style that I do feel like we kind of see everywhere now, which is sad, but really developing <laughs> the style and, and this and this like trademark, if you will, kind of style in sport and doc style, but cinematic and elevated and real people, but a little scripted, really kind of playing and pushing this that format. And by the way, I'm not like the first one. I'm just saying like, it wasn't so much around, so they also didn't have a lot of reference points. And, you know, made this film for very low budget and they were like, we get it. And then the next campaign, they hit me up immediately for, and then we had a nice, an even, you know, not the, you know, like a proper budget, and it was great. And that began began that relationship of like trust and creative and execution, understanding their values and where, where they need to take it, and it also really helps to like, you know, like um, like I had like a tagline that was kind of like. Um, when I was describing this, this piece that I wanted to make for them and that they could be hitting this market more of, you know, more casual athletes or whatever I was, you know, pitching. And I remember being like, you know, we're not, it's not about waking. You know, what is that? It was something like, we don't wake up at dawn. We wait you know, but we play at dusk and we don't, you know, we don't have the most, the, the perfect athletic attire and blah, 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 but we play with like Nikes and and wool socks, you know, and Vans and whatever. Yeah. And it was like kind of, and then they kind of got it. And so it also helps to really have like this container effect of like your pitch where it's like, give them something that they can understand as well, because you really are going to be most likely and hopefully pushing a new idea towards them. So, you know, really allow it to, you know, you know, kind of maybe formulate somewhat of this like elevator pitch that's succinct and, and, and identifiable, but that would be my advice for a new client but that's just based off my own experience so who
2: knows and when talking about the big brands this is like just a question after listening to you like talking about Nike and everything for example me as a young creative um, and for example me wanting to pitch like a a video proposal or campaign proposal to a brand like Nike Converse they're huge 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 world-known brands that as a young creative, I think you might be sometimes scared on throwing on a pitch because it's something I feel that since they're so big, you see them very unreachable. But mm-hmm. I, I, like, what's your advice? I mean, I want to say this, first of all,
0: we need creatives and we can never have enough. Obviously, it's a very oversaturated market. I feel like in content, especially right now, it's like everyone's a director. But to to answer your question and this this feeling is like, we need, everyone needs great ideas. Like that, that will never hit, hit a cap. You know, like, oh, you know what? This year, we're good on good ideas, guys. You know what? We had a good year. We don't want any more good ideas. No, no, that's never going to be, that's never going to happen. And so if you have great ideas and you feel like your work and your style of thinking and where you even want to go aspirationally aligns with a new client that you want to reach out for, reach out to, like, you know, you need to realize that you actually are needed. And I want you to like step up with that confidence because you actually are an asset and you need to remind yourself of that. And you need to work on that every day too. Like we all need to continuously like be better, be sharper and working on our ideas. But obviously, honestly, just like confidence and persistence goes a long way. Like if you know your shit, your shit and like put that up front, like that is, Just, yeah, that is, it has no price on that. And so I would honestly just really lead with that. And that comes with also taking risks early on at a young age. That means investing in yourself. It means probably working weekends a lot, you know, um, put that up front. And then in terms of the fear, if you have confidence and you have, you really work on your preparedness, which is really important um, and not having such like this vapid sense of confidence, but it's really grounded in how much you've prepared, whether how much you know about this client or how much you've invested in yourself to create work or whatever. Um, preparedness can really cut away fear. I've found, you know, when I feel I'm prepared, the fear kind of will fade off a little bit. But with that said, I mean, you also need to like the art of the approach. It's like, I'm talking like make a lot of friends, network, like get, someone can always find someone at a big brand, like literally, like there's someone that you met this one time that knew someone's ex-boyfriend, find them, go down the trail, (laughs) you know, and then, and start to develop those contacts and, you know, like, and, and, and persistence, but, you know, with this balance of, you know, you know what you're looking for and you're not wasting anyone's time. And I think that finding that balance along that pathway of of, of, of the reach out is also really important to keep in mind, you know, but you, you're persistent. And if they don't hit you up the first time, you stay at it respectfully. You respectfully are still persistent. And I think that, you know, young or not, it doesn't matter. A creative idea doesn't have an age to it. And you need to remember that. So that That's would be amazing.
2: my advice for that one. But anyway. That's uh, a very good one. No, and I think to not make this, I could go on and on because I love talking with you. But to make it a little bit more short and sweet, um, I want to ask you something to just end the episode that I think it's going to be a tough question for you. But it's something we always ask our guests. And um, that question is, what is your why? Hmm. I mean, you and I both know how to hate these kinds of questions. However, (laughs) I mean,
0: mean, well, can I turn the tables here? What's your why? Oh, my
2: God. That's a it's a tough question. Yeah. You turned the tables. You got me. You caught me off guard there. (laughs) But I mean, listen, Okay, your why is because
0: you're interested, you're passionate or you want to hear more right? Am I wrong here? Yeah. curious, whatever it is, like pick one on the hat. Like it's the same for me. Like, I think I'm interested to hear more. I'm interested to like investigate more. I think there's a lot of stories that are mind blowing to me. There's a lot of stories that people just overlook that I don't. I think that I have a lot of stories that I want to tell that I just kind of have this pull towards that's like a must or that I want to just creatively experiment with as well. Like things I want to still, you know, take some risks on or push visually, it's like definitely something within you, something within me. And like, I think that my background is just totally different from the next creative, right? Everyone's is pretty much. And like, I think that, you know, with my voice, my passion, and like a little bit of my hype woman mentality. I think that like, maybe it's, you know, because I really want to connect conversations more, create work that pushes our culture and, Um, I think that's definitely a big part of why and and what I really want to do. And, you know, back to that Inaritu quote, it's like, like, I think that there's conversations and debate and creativity to be had, you know, it's like, it's, there's, there's no limit, I feel. So I think that that's a big guiding factor for my why, but I do not know if I properly answered that, but there is no proper
2: answer anyway. So. No, but it's, it's a good one. And I wish we could keep on talking, but I know you have a lot of work to do. You have a very busy schedule <laughs> this week. And this was very fun. And I love what you said about just how us having the power to create a powerful story and leading it to discussion and making people aware of what's going on in our communities and in the world. I think that's very powerful. And I really want to thank you for that. We're just, a, we're just a,
0: a creative over here, just, you know, trying to create... <laughs> Doing your thing, and I'll be all like happy to just share perspective. But thank you so much for having me, and this was fun. And I'm sure all these conversations will continue at a later. Thank you.
2: Well, I'm excited.
1: We hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. You can email us your suggestions on who you would like to hear in our next episode. If you like this chapter, don't forget to leave a comment or rank this podcast. We really appreciate your feedback. Also, remember you can follow us on Instagram at Latin American Fashion Summit and on Three by Laughs. Thanks for tuning in onto the Laughs Podcast.